0: Your cabinet, you said, looks a lot like Canada, and I understand one of the priorities for you was to have a cabinet that was gender balanced. Why was that so important to you? Because it's 2015.
1: (laughs) 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 Because it's 2015. That got a lot of attention, and that was uh, Justin Trudeau stating back in the day, the day he said, sunny ways that he would have the first gender-balanced cabinet. And this was a central theme for the Trudeau government, who insisted cabinet would be made up of half women. And yet new data out by Abacus reveals that two in three Canadians, 66%, are surprised that despite the Trudeau government making such a big deal about this, Canada now ranks 59th out of 187 countries in regards to women making up national parliament. And so we have fallen. Oh, and by the way, we have fallen a place to 60th since the polling came out. But the majority think political parties or the government rather than women themselves should be responsible for ensuring equal representation of men and women in politics. Now, if you know me, I like the person who can best do the job. But nonetheless, maybe it's that women just don't want the job. Sherry Graydon is CEO of Informed Opinions who was looking into this data. She joins us now. Great to have you
0: nice to be here and happy I- to uh to uh counter the um the perception that women don't want the job uh, despite the fact that there's lots of uh attacks as Christy Freeland experienced recently in Alberta the truth is lots of women are eager to engage in in politics and um yeah happy to talk about yeah. it
1: Yeah, maybe. I mean, once upon a time, I mean, I get asked, why don't you do politics? I've been asked to run in politics. And I always think, yeah, once upon a time, my younger self would say, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And then you realize the sacrifices, you know, I mean, certainly uh, for women, you know, having kids, raising families, there's a lot to it when you make a political commitment. And I think that's why most women say, you know what, other than being attacked every day, (laughs) other than the fact that, you know, it's it's a political bloodsport, I just don't know if I want to give up that kind of um, time And so I think that is a huge factor for women who have to think about this.
0: It, it is a factor. But, you know, to your point, most women don't want to run for office. Most men don't want to run for office either. And these are not easy jobs, for sure. And it's true also that that elected office, especially at the federal level, where you have to travel across the country if you live in B.C. or the Maritimes or or, or the territories, it's a, it's a long haul. But um, Canada is not lacking for smart, committed people who want to mm-hmm. make a difference. And the reason it matters that women are 50%, and, you know, four in five of the poll respondents indicated that they believe that balancing power between men and women is important. The reason it's important is because women's realities, the the we experience many aspects of life very differently than men, and those realities mm-hmm. inform our perspectives, our priorities, our insights. And we know that when women participate in decision making whether it's at home, at work, in government, we get better results. We get more reliable research, better health care, happier workplaces. So, you know, the fact that 59 other countries around the world have invested in making sure that women had equal representation around their parliamentary tables is a reflection of the research that demonstrates that you get better outcomes when women are there.
1: I was surprised, given that this particular government has made it a big part of their brand um, that we are so far down in the rankings. Who's doing better than us?
0: Uh, Well, all of the Nordic countries, for sure, Northern Europe. But uh, Mexico, for example, is number four on that list. Hmm. We're 60th, Mexico's number four. Very interesting. You know, we think of Mexico, this is a very Catholic country, very macho culture but they made it a priority and, and really that's what we're advocating for that that canadian parliamentarians make it a priority to address what is a fundamental issue of fairness you know genuine democracy depends on representation we understand that intellectually but we're not living that and a gender balanced cabinet that's great but when you've got 70 percent of the people making decisions about all Canadians' lives uh, are men and women's experiences are not reflected around the table in the same way. You know, we wouldn't have maternity leave, sexual assault laws, reproductive mm. health, child care, if women had not been aggressively saying, look, this is our reality, we need to address these things. And if they were actually around the decision-making tables, we would have those things come about much more easily. And, you know, the other thing we know is that economies improve. The higher the equality for women in any country, the better their economic prospects. So it's in all of our interests that we address
1: yeah, and yet, and I, I don't know how, um, the pandemic shaped the kind of, um, research you were doing. I mean, we saw during the pandemic that, uh, <laughs> for a lot of women, it, it, I mean, a lot of people will say it, it, it's not true. It is true. Actually, a lot of women had to kind of, including myself, had to sit back and say, okay, I got to take stock of my life. Can I balance and can I do all of what I'm doing and actually do it right? I mean, certainly, uh, women were the ones who had to leave work, stay home, kind of manage everything. And that, that just happened. And so, is the fallout of the pandemic adding to why, um, you know, less women will get involved because we're seeing a changing role? I mean, where did that come into your data?
0: Well, I, we didn't ask about the pandemic, but I think it's fair to say to the point that you just made about your own experience, the pandemic really underlined for us um, how much we put on women, the weight on women in in running Our households in making sure communities survive and thrive and so all the more reason that we need those voices around the table. Um, You know one of the things that I found really interesting is that during the pandemic Parliament operated by Zoom and Mm -hmm. now there's a hybrid model where you can remain in your riding, you can be closer to home, you can participate remotely that will absolutely make it easier, not just for women, but for men who represent ridings in the Northwest Territories or Prince Edward Island to serve their constituents and be present in the House of Commons by virtue of that virtual engagement. So what happens when women are on the table is that We find solutions that work for everybody, not just the default of this is the way we've always done it.
1: Yeah, I mean, albeit I will disagree with you on hybrid, uh, uh parlor, and I think it's a terrible method, and I don't think we get the accountability that we want, but that, that is a, a debate for another day. The other area, though, I think if, uh, women are going to be drawn in, um, you know, your polling shows, and, and look, it's just, it is what it is. 77% of those uh, who are women running for political officer, mm-hmm. uh, worry that they're going to be, you know, attacked more. Um, and, and, that just is something, if you're a woman in the public eye, that is just, it comes with the territory, and it can be pretty vicious. But how do we turn this around? I don't know if you can turn this around. I think it is just part of, you know, being a woman in the bubble guy. You just got to roll with those punches. Yeah, Sadly. I, I,
0: I, 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 <laughs> that is an issue for sure. But one of the other things that we know is that women's presence in Parliament helps to change the dynamic. There's less testosterone, fewer elbows up in the corners. We're not socialized to believe that in order for us to win, somebody else has to lose. That's a sweeping generalization, but the research bears that out, that when you have more women in any organization, the, ch- the tenor changes. So when women are equal in number, that normalizes our right to be there. There's less righteousness on the part of bad actors who look at gender equality and say, you know, no, not on my watch, women shouldn't be in power, that starts to shift. The other thing that I would say is that because there are other countries around the world who have achieved gender parity in government, even though they haven't solved the toxicity problem, we can't use that deterrent as an excuse not to ensure that women have the same uh, access to to power as men, and I also think it's also important to point out for your listeners that there's no evidence that gender parity comes at the expense of quality. So you mentioned off the top of the of the interview that you want the best person. Research actually shows that women tend to have more impressive credentials when they get elected through targets and quotas than um, than men so yeah you know you know the the data that suggests women are only willing to apply for a job if we have all 10 qualifications that same principle applies women tend not to put themselves forward for politics unless they have really significant mm. experience and credentials
1: well, I think if anything, we've learned from the Queen's passing is uh, she didn't have experience to be the Queen, and yet when called upon, she did it, and she did it <laughs> valiantly. There and, uh, you really go. Broke the, broke the barriers on everything, mm. so she can do it, oh, we can too. Thanks very much, Sherry. Very much appreciate this uh, insight. Thank you. That's uh, Sherry Graydon, CEO of Informed opinions. Bottom line, politics is a blood sport. It is a lot of sacrifice. And I think male or female, a lot of people are just thinking, how do I get involved? I know a lot of people want to get involved. It is tough. No question. It's a tough world.